Thank you for sticking around. Murphy Houston on Mile High Magazine, and a good Sunday morning to all of you. And joining me now is Katie Parker, the Vice President of Operations for the Dumb Friendsly. Katie, good to talk to you again. Nice to talk to you, too. Thanks so much for having me. Well, you know, I love the Dumb Friends League. You kind of know that by now after all these years, and it's uh, very special. In fact, we've had, I don't know, four or five dogs. We still have Bear that we adopted a few years ago, and as always, he's running our life, Katie. He's just uh, the man. Well, I understand the sentiment, and we hear so many great stories about people who have animals in their homes that came from the league, and we're so grateful. Well, you guys have been around a long time. In fact, you know, with so many people coming to the Colorado area, the Denver area, why don't you explain what the Dumb Friends League is so they're all informed, because you do a whole bunch more than just adopt out animals. That's true. So we are one of the largest animal welfare organizations in the region, and we operate five facilities across the state. The Leslie Malone Center in Denver, the Buddy Center in Castle Rock. Uh, Our newest shelter is the San Luis Valley Animal Center in Alamosa. And then we have the Harmony Equine Center in Franktown and a veterinary hospital at CSU Spur. And with all of these services, we try to provide comprehensive animal welfare for our community members. Yeah, well, you do a lot about that, but it's even more than that because you you have uh, classes about uh, behaving with dogs and how to handle people that might have a, a problem in their neighborhood with a dog, don't you? We do. We have uh, a behavior helpline where people can call and get information, whether it's a dog or cat, uh, something in their household or something they're dealing with with a neighbor. We have um, lots of different insight into behavior issues and how to work through them. We also offer um, everything from adoption, lost and found, pet surrender services, end of life services, humane education, where our staff take animals into schools and teach the children about caring for and interacting with pets. And we offer low-cost cat spay-neuter and community vaccine clinics as well. So we really try to approach animal welfare from every need that people might have. And the process, too, and you've really improved since you did the remodeling over there at the uh, Quebec Street Shelter about people that unfortunately have to sacrifice their pet. They want to give it up and they want it to go someplace nice. How does that process work? So we have, um, at all three of our shelter locations, we accept surrendered pets. And um, right now for dogs, it's on an appointment-based system. And for small pets and cats, it is appointments or walk-in. And people really just come to us and express what's going on with their pet, whether it's challenges in the human's life or specific challenges related to the pet. They give us as much information as they can so that we can help figure out what's going to be the best new home for that pet. And then we provide vaccines and everything to make sure that the pet has the best chance of getting through our shelter, staying healthy, keeping all of the other pets here healthy, and we move them to their next step. Well, and and also, you don't you take if somebody has an animal that probably needs some kind of a surgery, maybe they can't afford to do that. You take on those pets and and take care of them, don't you? Yes, we do. Um, and we have two approaches. If the people are interested in retaining the pet, and um, it's a service that we can provide through our low cost hospital at CSU Spur, we will do that. And um, if not, we are always available to accept that pet as a surrender, so that we can make sure it gets the care that it needs. Where do they find out all this information? Talk about your website, because it's pretty spectacular. It has lots of information. Boy, it so does. It's ddfl.org. And 
on the website, you can you can find access to all of our services, whether it's by the location you're looking at, whether it's by the type of service. Um, you can navigate through there in a variety of ways to really find what you're looking for. But we also have a live call center that's answered calls are answered seven days a week. So if people need information, they can also call and speak to someone to get that information. Boy, what would you do without your volunteers over there at the Dumb Friends League? I mean, <laughs> yes, things oh, would be a mess. Oh, I mean, <laughs> how many volunteers do you have now? Oh, we have we have over a thousand volunteers, um, and more than that. When you think about all of the people who contribute to fostering animals for the Dumb Friends League, which is another volunteer opportunity that we have, and we are also always looking for new volunteers, people who want to engage with us in different ways. And that's at ddfl.org, right? It is. Yep. That's easy enough to find out, and it has all the information you want. And once you get involved at the Dumb Friends League, and I've done some work emceeing separate events, it's like a family, isn't it? Well, it's like a family here, and it's also like a family with our community. And we really think of our community as our partners in doing the work that we need to do through adopting from us, through volunteering uh, for us, through donations. So, yes, it is. It's a it's an atmosphere that we are really, really grateful for. Yeah, well, let's hope that keeps going, and I know why it wouldn't. We're kind of curious, though, as things started opening after the pandemic, shelters saw an increase of pets being surrendered. Is that still going on there at the Dumb Friends League, or has it slowed down a little bit? Um, I'm happy to say that it has slowed down a little bit in some ways. We are we continue to see a high a high demand for pets to be surrendered, um, particularly dogs. But we have seen things slowing down a little bit with cats. We're also seeing a lot of stray pets, um, significantly more stray pets coming in from our community than we saw prior to the pandemic. And that's a a, a situation that's a little harder for us to figure out. Um, but we are happy that we're a resource and that these pets have a place to go to be safe and to hopefully be reunited with their families. So these are pets that have run away or sometimes people just unfortunately just let their pets go because they can't take care of them anymore. Um, I think probably mostly the former that they're, they escaped from their yard or slipped out the door or something like that. And um, it can be difficult sometimes for people to track them down. Yeah, I think it would be a little difficult, but that's why you should always get your pets chipped. Is that right? That's right. A collar, a tag, and a microchip to make sure that if by some unfortunate circumstance they do get lost, that it's the quickest route for them to get reconnected. So can they do that? Can they just bring their pet down there? They're not sacrificing their pet. They just want to be chipped and checked out. Can they just do that? No, not to the shelters. Um, we We microchip every animal that we adopt. And when an animal comes in lost and found, we microchip it before we send it back home if the owners want us to. But we don't offer that as a public service. Most veterinary clinics have microchipping available for their clients, but not through the shelter. Okay, good to know. I don't want people just running down there to have that done because it is a good service. Talking with Katie Parker, the Vice President of Operations at the Dumb Friends League. Are you seeing any type of animal being brought in more than others right now, certain kinds of dogs or certain kinds of cats? We are. Right now we are seeing a lot of big dogs coming in. So dogs that are, um, you know, 40 or 50 pounds or bigger, and they they have a lot of energy, they're strong, they are excited, and so we're seeing that, like I said, with the lost pets, you know, they're, they're the type of dogs that probably can get out of a yard easier 
Sure. And they're also the type of pet that if you have to downsize your home or if you have to move in with a family member, it may be harder to incorporate that pet into a new house if you're if you had a yard and now you don't or if you're going from a house to an apartment. So there are a lot of reasons that life can make it challenging sure. to retain a big dog like that. But that is where we and shelters around the region and around the country are actually seeing this trend of big dogs being the type of pet that's coming in right now at a higher rate. Well, aren't you guys doing some kind of a big promotion with big dogs? We are. We're doing a 40% off of dogs 40 pounds or more. Wow, that's a good deal. 40% off. Yep, it is a good deal. And it's been really fun to see how the community has responded. We had a goal to um, adopt out 50 dogs within this category, and we were filling out a little thermometer shaped like a big dog and we've actually filled up two and a half thermometers worth because we've adopted out so many big dogs so it has been fabulous and we're hoping to keep it going well there's a lot of advantages to a big dog we did that once we had we had old bailey and we went down there and and bailey had been let loose you know sometimes i guess when the people that work at the ski resorts come down they let their dogs go this guy was wandering around the western slope and was Mm. found and he was brought to the dumb friends league and you know, it's one of those things. You go down there and you kind of look at the dogs, and here comes Old Bailey right up to the. Now this is before you did all the renovation down there, and just looked at me and my wife Carol. I go, "You're coming home with me right now," and <laughs> it was it was a great adventure. But the big dogs, they have no, well, they're pretty much potty trained. They're pretty much into life more than a puppy, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, there's there are so many advantages to a big dog that a lot of the work is already done for you in terms of getting them used to, you know, being a dog in a household. And they typically have had the all the vaccines and things that they need as a puppy. So you're getting a dog that's a little bit more ready to to get going with you into your life. And they're just, they're just the sweetest thing. When we got Bailey and my grandson was a, a newly born baby and he was crying one time and uh, mom couldn't get him to calm down and Honestly, I couldn't believe it. Bailey was just laying on the floor in the family room, gets up, walks over to the little carriage he was in, and just kind of cuddled up next to him. And and Grayson, the baby, just stopped crying like that, thanks to Bailey. I mean, I I couldn't believe it. We were all just looking, and Grayson just stopped, and Bailey just laid there by him for the rest of the afternoon. I mean, that, that story will never leave my heart and mind. It was so precious. And that's what you can get, stories like that, when you adopt a pet down at the Dumb Friends League. I bet you got some good stories about stuff like that. Yes, we get uh, we get amazing stories every day. People are so excited to share their experiences that they've had, and um, they know how our how much our team is excited about the animals getting into new homes, and so they love to send us feedback about how it's going. Oh yeah, I'm sure there's a ton more stories that would like to come into you. Uh, I'm going to run back to this big dog, big hearts, big deal promotion. Uh, what's the cost of it? When you say forty percent off, that's a pretty reasonable price to adopt a big dog. It is, yeah. Um, Our prices are tiered based on the age of the dog. So we have um, adult dogs ranging anywhere from $200 to $50. So with 40% off, you're probably getting a dog for somewhere between $60 and $160 or so. Well, and that's a a good deal there. And what do you get with that adoption? You might explain how that process works. Sure. So we do regular vaccines, routine vaccines. We microchip we spay-neuter, we do any medical care that's needed for the animal based on our preliminary screenings of their health, and we send all of our adopters home with a free bag of food from our partner, Hills 
Science Diet, oh, who yeah. pro- helps us with the shelter food. They're such a generous partner. So we get you set up with food to transition your pet into your home. And then we also have post-adoption support available. So that's through our behavior helpline and also through veterinary partners in the community or veterinary care back at the shelter if needed. Yeah, we had that happen, too. The first dog we recommended, because we didn't know a vet from my doctor, and you guys recommended a vet, and we're still using that vet after five dogs. Oh, that's a great example. That's how we all hope it works out. Well, it is, and they become part of the family, and they, you know, you know their stuff, and you trust them, and they take good care of your animals, and why would you leave that? That's right. They're they're definitely special people who are such an integral part of the work we do and the community that we're in. Yeah, they, they totally believe in what you guys are doing at the Dumb Friends League, as does Science Diet. We should give them a pat on the back, because I've had a chance to meet some of those people at some of the Dumb Friends League events, like Lulu's Barbecue, they come down for that. They are just outstanding, caring people. They're amazing. As, a, as people and as a company, they do so much for shelters across the country. And um, I think in terms of the way that corporations work with nonprofits in the animal welfare world, they really have to kind of set the bar, and it's a high bar. Oh, it certainly is. And, and you know, Katie, I wanted to talk to you, too. There's, uh, I can say firsthand, a problem with pit bulls. People are so afraid of pit bulls. And my son and daughter got a mixed pit bull from the Dumb Friends League. That dog couldn't be any more loving either, just a kind soul. And maybe you could explain more about that pit bull situation. Well, the truth is that we really look at every dog as an individual. When a dog comes in, we, you know, we, if we're getting it from the owner, we get as much information as we can about what its life has been like, what kind of medical and behavior things it has experienced. And we also observe and assess the animals that come in to see how they present themselves here in the shelter. And we're really just looking at the situation around that individual dog. And so there are so many factors that go into how an animal behaves and how they respond. And it really just is a a matter of an individual dog's personality and an upbringing. So we try when people come in and they're interested in adopting dogs to present them with all the options that would be a good match for their household. And they get to spend time with the dog they want to adopt, correct? That's right. They get to wander through our shelter and look at all the animals that we have available. And then based on what we know about the animals and what they tell us about their life, we help them decide which animals would be good to meet. And then, yeah, they get to bring the animal out, meet them in a visiting room or outside on a walk or out in a play yard and really get to see a little bit more of that animal's personality. That's great. Katie, before I let you go, what kind of help do you need? More volunteers, cash? What do you need over there at the Dumb Friends League? We would love to have more volunteers. We would love to have donations. Uh, We are always hiring. And we love people who love animals and want to be part of our team. Um, we have an Amazon wish list where people can find items that we would be able to use in our shelters and in our other facilities that they could donate. And we are always looking for adopters and foster homes, too. So there, no matter what your current capacity is, we have lots of ways that community members can engage and can be so helpful to us in achieving our mission. Just go to ddfl.org for more. Katie Parker, thank you, my dear, for coming on Mile High Magazine today and say hi to everybody over there for me. Thank you so much. Will do. Okay. Thank you guys, too, for listening. It's uh, Mile High Magazine, Murphy, Houston. We'll talk to you next week.